This week's episode contains themes of child abuse, racism, and murder. If that isn't your cup of tea, that's fine, and we'll see you next week. Alright, we ready to start? We ready to rock and roll, kids? <laughs> that was last week's thing. We can't bring back the Middle East. I dad. really like that. I think it's a good it's a good phrase to get us started. But neither of us is a middle-aged father. We don't have children, the thankfully. The listeners don't know that. They don't know what I look like. I could be a middle-aged dad. Half of them are your <laughs> friends! <laughs> but to the two of you who don't know Jane and I personally... Which do? I don't know! <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Mackenzie is not a middle-aged dad. Oh, okay. Oh, right, for intro. Um... <laughs> Welcome to Spilling Tea, the podcast where two friends sip tea and spill literature's dark histories. I'm Jane. And I'm Mackenzie, the middle-aged dad. (laughs) I'm about to turn off this recording and leave and never record with you ever again. Rip Spilling Tea, gone but not forgotten. (laughs) 2K tea to 2K tea. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Alright, this week we wanted to have a little more fun. Yes. Um, so we're bringing in a YA novel. YA is my shit. I know it. I love it. I personally love this book because I've seen the movie a million times and we had to read it in like middle school. Yeah. Fun, let's do this. So this week we are covering Holes. Holes. By Lewis Sacker. Yes. And I looked up how to pronounce his last name because I wasn't Good. positive. I completely forgot to get the Google Translate of 90% of the names in my section, which I needed because there's a lot of names. So, apologies and it's... Apologies as usual. Apologies <laughs> as usual, especially considering it's a lot of, like, non-American names mm-hmm. or even English names. Yeah. It's a lot of, like, Indian mm-hmm. names or Hindu names. And names that you are not names seen before. Names that I am not comfortable saying that I know 100% how to pronounce. It's going to be a ride in my section, just an FYI, and I'm sorry to anyone I offend in advance. Alright, so, yeah, Holtz, um, when did you read this? Good fucking question. Probably middle school at some point. Like, I don't yeah. want, I don't think it was an assigned, like, read it in class, but I definitely read it because that's around because the movie came out yeah like the movie came out actually in like 2003 the movie yeah yeah by the time i'd read it but i definitely read the book first maybe even late elementary school i feel like this was a really good book that a lot of people covered as like book projects yeah this was a good book for the kids who like maybe didn't like reading but could still get into it because it's so wild also like it's pretty close to the movie adaptation lewis sacker i'll say this like he wrote the screenplay for the movie oh cool so that's why it's so okay yeah that's awesome I, I kind of figured, because I was, yeah. I, like, briefly read through a plot summary of the actual book. I think it's the same plot summary you're going to give. Um, I just to remember, and I'm like, holy shit, this is pretty spot on. Because I literally watched Holes, like, yeah. a couple weeks ago with my sister, because yeah. we wanted to watch a stupid movie. Like, not a stupid movie, <laughs> but, like, a mean. mindless yeah. movie, because usually we watch, like, Jason Bullard and things like that, like really extreme movies that take a lot like, out of you. Need something chill, wholesome, but not really wholesome. Get out! Get out with these puns! <laughs> what? 
Ah! You set mm-hmm. yourself up for that one. I did, and I regret every second of being alive. Oh, that's a really <laughs> strong leap. Did you stretch before you made that reach? You mean when I jumped over uh, my two foot by five foot <laughs> hole? Stop! <laughs> Aren't there specific dimensions? I love holes. Me too. Okay. Uh, Alright, so, let's go into the section of tea. I get to the tea. So... <laughs> I spent a little bit, I spent a bit of time looking at a tea for this one because nothing quite jumped out at me. Yeah. Initially, I, mean, I was a little, because some of the books, you know, I read it and I'm instantly like, this is what I want to do. And some, it takes me a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, there's not necessarily an onion tea. What, what, you pointed at me aggressively. So, what? onions actually are how I found this tea idea because onions are really important in holes they're you know, sam the onion man yeah and onions are what uh stanley and zero survive off of when they're in the mountains yep onions are very important in holes and i was looking up um i started by looking up what like family i don't know how the like onions are in you know like, like the genus, genus or, like that kind of stuff yeah and it was like oh maybe i can find something in like that genus or like family. the bulb field the bul- yeah like kind of i went a little bit more specific than that but yeah the only ones in that field is like onions chives shallots all these things we i didn't want to stuck a bunch of herbs <laughs> yeah water. and it's just nothing that was quite working out so oh I was my god onion water I literally thought of that like a billion times. The new infused water at the dining hall. Our dining hall has this new thing where they like to put fruit. Well, or it's not herbs. new. It's since the dining hall opened last yeah. year. But it's new to us still. And they yeah. will give us the most bullshit infused water. Watermelon It'll water. Be watermelon, basil, kiwi water. Like, it can't just be normal, like, cucumber or, like, lemon lime. Well, the cucumber one, they <laughs> sit for too long. Yeah, you were right. people don't, people just really want to drink plain water. Yeah. But they never fill the plain water, so then the cucumber water sits for so long that it feels like you're actually swallowing an entire cucumber. Cucumber hole. Yeah. Yeah. But one time last year, Jane was throwing onions at me out of her veggie wrap, and one of them landed in my water glass. And our friend goes, wow, it's the new infused water at the dining hall. It, it would, it's funnier if you were there. It wasn't funny to anyone but us. And we just wasted time on it. Yeah, we did. Okay. I got sidetracked. Back okay, to back to bulb so, families. Yeah, so I was kind of looking around in there, and there wasn't really anything that made sense out of that family. There wasn't yeah. anything that I thought would make a good tea. So I found, um, some people actually do make onion tea. What? And one of the websites I found, it's onion, it's supposed to be kind of like, you know, helps you if you have a cold or yeah, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that makes sense. But one of the things that they often mix it with is ginger. Oh, okay. So rather than an onion tea or an onion ginger tea. That was a very aggressive noise and I did not like that. Or an onion ginger tea. They just have a nice ginger tea. So everyone gets to hear the mental gymnastics I went through to get here. Hear that sweet, sweet ginger tea? I hope that's not too much of a reach. I explained myself pretty well, I think. I think if you can explain it, it can't be a reach. That's valid. I think it's when you're like, hmm, apples, pigs eat apples. My youth berry tea was slightly better than that. (laughs) For Lord of the Flies. Um, so... So this is actually, it's actually a ginger pear because I didn't have just a plain ginger tea. Well, the pear might redeem it, because you know I don't like ginger, right? That's true. So, yeah, it's an organic ginger pear tea. The tagline is Together Forever from David's Tea. So, in my heart, oh, that's Oh, shit, this is Kate. actually good. 
Wait, I actually like this one. Yeah. So ginger tea is an Asian herbal beverage that's made from ginger root and has a long history of like herbal medicine in the in East Asia, South Asia, Southeast Asia, and in the Middle East. So basically all over. Yeah. And ginger tea, it's yeah, it's used to prevent colds and to aid in digestion, upset stomach, all that jazz. And it's been, it's native to Southeast Asia, and it's been grown in China and India since just forever. Yeah. Like, always. And it's believed that ginger was introduced to Europe by Arab traders as part of the spice trade, and today it's also grown in Central America and in Africa. Huh. I think it's pretty interesting. My, um, this kind of a sidetrack, but my mm-hmm. mom actually makes ginger tea. Mm-hmm. Like, um. Did she take, like, the ginger root and just boil it? Because I've done that. No, she would boil water, pour it over slices of ginger, Mm -hmm. and then put it in the fridge in, like, a huge mason jar and just Mm -hmm. let it sit. And um, that's how she, like, kind of cut out a lot of, like, caffeine in her Mm -hmm. diet. So, yeah, ginger tea uh, happens a lot in my house, but I just kind of ignore it because I really don't like ginger. But the pear is is so nice. Love David's tea. Mm -hmm. At David's tea. Sponsor, sponsor us. <laughs> I've used like five of your teas. I, hey, I've spent so much money. David's Tea, sponsor us. We have five followers and they all listen periodically. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We gotta start somewhere. Alright, tell me a bit about our, our author because I actually don't know much about him. Yeah, I feel like it's weird when we cover books with authors who are still alive. I realize I'm like, I don't know anything about them. When we cover books with authors who have already died, I feel like I know a little bit more. But that's also because we've been covering a lot of books we had to talk about in school. So the teachers were that's like, there's their, here's their entire life story and you need to memorize it. You don't memorize Charles Dickens's life story? What are you even doing? Are you even a real English major? <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> so Lewis Sacker was born in uh, 1954 and is an American young adult. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, maybe please move your cups away from your legs or your legs away from your cups. That's better. Acceptable. Thank you. Great. He is an American young adult mystery comedy author. He is best known for the Wayside School series and for What? Goals. No, really? He wrote Wayside School. I love Wayside yeah, School. Yeah, you didn't know that was him? No. <gasps> yeah, those are like his two most I'm, famous things. I'm really bad at connecting, um, like, authors with mm-hmm. the books that they wrote. For instance, the guy who wrote Princess Bride just yeah. died, like, yesterday. Yeah. And I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's the man that wrote, like, one of my favorite books of all time. That's cool. We should cover that. Please. That'd be so much fun. I have so many stories about how Princess Bride is integral, like, integral, integral? 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 Is that yeah, the word the in word, my I life? Think. Yep, that's the word you're looking for. Alright. Alright. I'm gonna yeah, actually take more He wrote this. Wayside School and Holes. And so, Lewis Sacker, after he graduated from high school, he went to Antioch College for a semester before he transferred to the University of California, Berkeley. And during that time, he began to help out at an elementary school in return for three college credits. And he later recalled, I thought it over and decided it was a pretty good deal. College credits, no homework, no term papers, no tests. All I had to do was help out in a second-slash-third grade room at Hillside Elementary School. Besides helping out in a classroom, I also became the noontime supervisor, or Lewis the Yard Teacher, as I was known to the kids. It became my favorite college class and a life-changing experience. Oh my god. God, I gotta keep going because it'll tie it back in. Oh yeah. I I know where it's going. Oh yeah. Um, so Lewis Sacker graduated from UC Berkeley in 1976 with a degree in economics. Wait, um, hold on. 
pretty sure my professor graduated from UC Berkeley around the same time. Which, wait, I think my I soch professor. Gotta ask him if he knows Lewis Sacker. He probably does because he knows so many people that are very like important in the American yeah. society. And oh, I'm goodness. like, man, how? But yeah. So he graduated with a degree in economics and began working on sideways stories from Wayside School, a children's book set in an elementary school with supernatural elements. And although the book's students were named after the children from Hillside, and there's presumably autobiographical character named Lewis the Yard Teacher <laughs> in the book, uh, Sacker has said that he draws very little from personal experience. Oh yeah, sure. Explaining that, my personal experiences are kind of boring. I have to make up what I put in my books. <laughs> which I think is valid. Like, mm -hmm. I think that checks out. Because, like, I'm assuming when he was a school teacher, it was like, the kids would run around and maybe smack each other with dodgeballs yeah, instead of, like, like it, all the stuff all that, the happens, in the that happens in the wayside. So yeah, he wrote the book at night over the course of nine months, during which he worked in the day, in a Connecticut sweater warehouse. Same, though. And after being fired from the warehouse... Ah, oh, same, though. He decided to go to law school. Alright, that checks out. Around which time Sideways Stories from Wayside School was accepted for publication. So the book was released in 1978, though it was not widely distributed and subsequently did not sell very well. And Sacker began to accumulate a fan base among young readers. Yeah. And he graduated from the University of California Hastings College of Law in 1980 and did part-time legal work while continuing to write children's books. And by 1989, his books were selling well enough that he was able to begin writing full-time. So he wrote, by 1989 is when he published Wayside School is Falling Down. So that mm, was another, mm -hmm. you know, and he published a couple others kind of in there, which I think is interesting. He published, um... A weird series of, like, middle reader books, which I actually read. One of them includes, um, there's a boy in the girl's bathroom. Dogs Don't Tell, Dogs Don't Tell Jokes was actually later. Um, Someday Angeline, Johnny's in the Basement. All these, like, really weird, realistic books, but, like, no one ever, no one else has read them, apparently, because every time I bring these up, everyone's like, Yeah, I've never heard yeah. of them before. I had a couple copies of those. I, I loved Lewis Sacker. He was wild. But, um, in 1985, he married Carla Askew, an elementary school counselor, and the two of them live in Austin, Texas, and have a daughter, Sherry. And Sacker has mentioned both his wife and daughter in his books. Carla was the inspiration for The Counselor in There's a Boy in the Girl's Bathroom, and mm. Stanley's Lawyer in Holes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this is my, I think this is my favorite thing about him. Um, when asked about whether he thought children have changed over the years, Sacker responded, I've actually been writing since 1976, and my first book is still in print and doing very well. Oof. <laughs> and, yeah, which I think is... Wild. Roast. And in um, 2003, the Walt Disney film adaptation of Holes was released, which earned uh, $71.4 million. Oh. And Sacker himself, like I said, did write the screenplay for that. So that's probably why it did yeah. at more film companies picking up books, honestly. Hey. Hire the writer to write your screenplay. Hire the writer to write the screenplay, but also maybe don't let them cast the movie at J.K. Rowling. Listen, J.K. Rowling didn't cast the movie, did she? She helped. She, she helped. She defended oh, no. him. I know she defended him, but like I didn't know she was like part of I'm that. I'm pretty sure she helped cast it. God damn it, JK. We're not gonna go into further detail because it's, it's gonna make me mad. Make us angry. But yeah, so he had the all the wayside school books, of which there are five. Um, a series called Marvin Red Post, which I've actually never read, but there's like eight of them, so good for him. What? Yeah, and then there's the whole series, which is Holes, Stanley Yelnat's Survival Guide to Camp Green Lake, and Small Steps. And the other books, like I mentioned earlier, were some of the weirder ones that apparently no one's read but me. Yeah. Which is valid, I guess. 
So yeah, Lewis Sacker's a pretty cool dude. He's his Wikipedia picture, which I always like to mention, is oh, it's him in the two thousand six Texas Book Festival. Oh, he's he just jazzy. looks like such a cool dude. He looks so happy. Yeah. He kind of looks like a priest in that picture, but like yeah, a not happy lie. priest. It's, it's just the turtleneck. Yeah. It really is. Like, middle-aged uh, men shouldn't wear turtlenecks unless they want to be associated with priests. Don't laugh at me. You have to kind of agree. I mean, I do, but like... I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. You ain't wrong. Alright, I'm gonna let you drink some of your tea and then we'll move on to oh, the... It's really floor. good tea. It I'm really is. I'm tea. gonna steal so much of this and you don't have a choice. It's so expensive. Please be nice to it. Fine. It was $19. Why do you buy things on discount at David's Tea? Because I wanted this one. This one wasn't on discount. <laughs> uh, last time I went into a David's Tea, I actually spent $40, <laughs> yeah. but I got so much yeah, tea. Yeah, I bought this and the tea that I used last week, last time I was in a David's Tea, nice. and it was like $30 of tea. Nice. All right, let's go to plot summary. Let's move on. Move on over. All right. So, holes centers around Stanley Yelnats, and Yelnats is just Stanley spelled backwards. I love it. Iconic. Oh. A boy who has had bad luck due to a curse placed on his great-great-grandfather. And Stanley is sent to Camp Green Lake, which is juvenile detention camp, for a crime he did not commit. We love it. Stanley and the other boys at the camp are forced to dig large holes in the dirt every day. Every day. In the hot Texas sun. <laughs> Yes. And Stanley eventually realizes that they are digging these holes because the warden, who's in charge of the camp, is searching for something. I honestly, like, I hate the warden, but at the same time, all the, like, movie images of her, she mm -hmm. looks like such a badass. Yep. But, like, she's just bad. Yeah. And as Stanley continues to dig the holes and meet the other boys at the camp, the narrator intertwines three separate stories to reveal why Stanley's family has a curse and what the warden is looking for. So when he was a boy, Stanley's great-great-grandfather, Elia Yelnats, whew, That's a fun received name. a pig from Madame Zeroni in exchange for a promise. Zeroni like pepperoni? Yes, indeed. Sorry, I suddenly got very hungry. Same. <laughs> we just ate lunch. I know. <laughs> We're doing great today, boys. So he received a pig from Madame Zeroni in exchange for a promise. Elia's promise was that after the pig grew strong, he would carry Madame Zeroni, who had only one leg, up a mountain to, and sing her a song that she had taught him. After becoming disillusioned with the girl he thought he loved, however, Elia hops a boat to America, forgetting his promise to Madame Zeroni. Elia marries and has a child in America, and always thinks about Madame Zeroni, who he believes has cursed him because of his failure to fulfill his promise. He knows that Madame Zeroni's son lives in America, but Elia never finds him. 110 years before Stanley arrives at Camp Greenlake, the town of Greenlake is a beautiful place where peach trees bloom throughout the spring. In this Texas town, the school teacher, Catherine Barlow, falls in love with Sam, the onion seller. Okay, can I just say in the movie... Sam the Onion Man? Sam the Onion Man is, um, the actor who mm -hmm. plays Sam the Onion Man is the same actor who plays Burton Gus, uh, Guster, or Gus? It, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the last name because they just refer to him as Gus um, in the TV show Psych, which is my favorite TV show. So it's been, it, every time I watch Holes, it's a wild ride because then I'll watch Psych and be like, Sam the Onion Man. And I'm like, that's not Sam the Onion that's Man. That's not Sam the Onion Man. 
Sorry. So yes, Sam, the onion seller. Sam sells onions to eat and use for medicinal purposes. And while Catherine and Sam are alive, racism is institutionalized in the United States, which, I mean, it still is. Yeah. At this writer, why say at, it's past tense? At the prison system. And it system. is against the law for a black man to kiss a white woman. Because Sam is black and Catherine is white, the people in the town become irate when they find out that Catherine and Sam have kissed. Charles, or Trout Walker, the richest man in town, has always wanted to marry Catherine. He is already mad that Catherine does not wish to go out with him, so when he finds out that she is in love with Sam, he gathers the townspeople to burn the schoolhouse and attack Sam. Catherine seeks help from the local sheriff, but instead finds that the sheriff, who makes lewd advances towards her, also wants to kill Sam. Catherine and Sam attempt to escape, but their boat is destroyed while only halfway across the lake, and Sam is killed. Catherine is driven mad by her grief and becomes an outlaw known as Kissin' Kate Barlow. Icon. Honestly. Her name refers to the fact that she kisses the men she kills, leaving a lipstick imprint of her lips on their faces. My future. <laughs> what? That's a really good way to find your DNA on them. Hey, what if that's a stamp? What if it's a, <laughs> what if it's a stamp that oh I God. put lipstick on? Jane, be careful. The FBI is probably listening. They're going to figure the out The Illuminati's already listening. The Illuminati's already on our case. Thanks. And let's be real, the Illuminati is, like, half of the government, so... Conspiracy. That's our next episode, the Illuminati. No, it will not. I don't want to die. <laughs> okay, so, she leaves the lipstick imprint on their faces. In her 20 years of robbing people in the West, she happens to rob Stanley's great-grandfather while he is on his way from New York to California. Excuse me. She buries Stanley's great-grandfather's money somewhere, and even though Charles Walker and his wife Linda try to torture her into revealing its location, Bitch. Kate dies before anyone can find out where the money is hidden. After that, after the day Sam is killed, rain stops falling on Green Lake, and the lake dries up. Hmm. Because Green Lake dries up, the citizens of the town all move away, and by the time the land is serving as Camp Green Lake, the only people there are juvenile delinquents. Stanley has a hard time digging holes there due to the incredible heat on the hard, dry land. At one point, Stanley digs up half a lipstick tube that has the initials KB on it. Ooh. Ooh. Stanley knows that the warden, who happens to be a descendant of Charles and Linda Walker, is interested in this find, and he speculates that perhaps Kate Barlow used to live in the area. The other boys at the camp are tough and have nicknames. Stanley tries to stay in the good graces of X-Ray, the obvious leader of the group. But this becomes harder as Stanley becomes better friends with a boy named Zero. Oh, I'm sorry, I love Zero. I Although Stanley and Zero, also known as Hector Zeroni, do not know it, Hector is the great-great-great-grandson of Madame Zeroni. Zero eventually runs away from camp, and Stanley, in an effort to save him, follows after a few days. The two help each other to reach the top of a big mountain, which turns out to be Sam's old onion field. Because Zero is very weak, Stanley carries him up this mountain. They survive on onions for more than a week, and then return to camp, planning to search for Kate Barlow's treasure in the hole where Stanley found the lipstick tube. Stanley and Zero find a suitcase that has the name Stanley Yelnats on it. Although the warden attempts to take the suitcase from them, Stanley's lawyer, Miss Marengo, arrives to say that Stanley has been proven innocent, and Stanley and Hector are able to leave the camp with the suitcase. It turns out that the suitcase contains many valuable items and is, in fact, the same suitcase that Kate Barlow took from Stanley's great-grandfather, also named Stanley Yelnats, so many years ago. At the end of the book, it seems that the Yelnats family curse is lifted. Hector is reunited with his mother, from whom he was separated many years ago, and Stanley's father finally succeeds in inventing something, a cure for foot odor. 
While at Camp Green Lake, Stanley has improved his physical strength and his self-confidence in addition to making a true friend. While fate has so often seemed against Stanley, in the end it serves to help him, his family, and Hector. It's such, it, honest, it's I, this such, such a, a sweet book. book. It's oh, really wholesome. Books. Like, it's, yeah, I know, I drank a lot of it, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yes, bad things happen in the book, mm-hmm. but everything is resolved by the end of the book, and mm-hmm. that's what I like, because sometimes you get YA novels where there's so many loose ends because they're, like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like YA authors, they want to seem... Like, they're covering something more mm-hmm. in-depth than mm-hmm. what it is on, like, surface. And I don't know. He's just like, yeah, this is this is life. I'm gonna make all these different, like, threads of reality mm-hmm. and then tie them all together. Tie them all in. Alright, is it time for my section? Are you ready to go, Jane? No, I am not, because... Are you ready? I'm not. Are you ready? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, you don't have to see Bohemian Rhapsody to know that song. Yes, but that's the only reason <laughs> you're singing. I'm singing. Oh, you know it. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody and it was spectacular. Alright. Girl, you have so many web pages open. I have like two web pages. What's, what's my web page? Um, there's the Holes Plot Overview. Yes. <laughs> then you have your coffee. Tell my knitting pattern. You your can, knitting pattern. Don't X out of that. Just I didn't. I'm, okay. I'm minimizing everything. I need my knitting pattern. Thank you. Oh, you had already opened it. Hold on, I'm getting there. I'm sorry, it wasn't open. Alright. I had your I had your shit up. So be mentally prepared for the fact that I cannot say anything that is um A name. A name. We just can't say names, yep. period. Okay. We're as, sorry. As Mackenzie mentioned in the plot summary, Stanley's misfortune is caused by a cure a curse. Hold on, dying, give me a second. I drank tea too fast. Dying. Okay, we're back. Um, it's caused by a curse that was placed on his great-great-grandfather because he didn't carry Madame Zeroni up a mountain. Um, I wanted to dive a little more into curses because I think they're pretty funky. A curse is any express wish that it, that some form of adversary or misfortune will befall or attach to some other entity, whether that is one or more persons, a place, or an object. In particular, a curse may refer to such a wish or pronouncement made effective by a supernatural or spiritual power such as a god or gods, a spirit or a natural force, or it could be a kind of spell by magic or witchcraft. In this case, the curse could be called a hex or a jinx. Because they refer to Madame Zeroni as a gypsy, I would say that it's more in line with witchcraft over any of the other forms. Mm -hmm. Just because I don't think she's like a spirit or a god or anything. Um, In many belief systems, the curse itself or accompanying 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 why does that word sound wrong accompanying yes ritual is considered to have some causative force in the reason to reverse or eliminate a curse is sometimes called removal or breaking Mm -hmm. as the spell has has to be dispelled and is often requiring elaborate rituals rituals or prayers such as carrying another person up a mountain and singing a song Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Checks out. Checks out. The study of the forms of curses comprise a significant portion of the study of both folk religion and folklore. The deliberate attempt to levy curses is often part of the practice of magic. Like, if you ever think about it in pop culture, mm-hmm. like, a lot of Shakespeare deals with curses. Yeah. And they always kind of have, like... I'm reading Macbeth right now, so the witches. Yeah, exactly. But it's a lot of, like, trying to not get cursed. 
Um, in Hindu culture, the sage or... Oh, here we go. Rishi is believed to have the power to bless and curse. Examples include the curse placed on Rishi... Oh, no. Brigu? On the king uh, Nahasha? And the one placed on Rishi... Shav... Shavala? Shavala. I'm so sorry. Special names for specific types of curses can be found in various cultures. African-American hoodoo, which I have actually heard mm-hmm. of before. They talk about hoodoo a lot with, like, slavery. Mm-hmm. Like, associated with slavery. Which, like, okay, people are allowed to have religion, like, religious things mm-hmm. that aren't Christianity. White people, how about that? Maybe. Concept. Concept, concept. Christianity isn't everything. Also, Christianity kind of sucks. <sighs> Tell us how you really feel, Jane. Christianity <laughs> is fucking stupid. Now the Illuminati and the churches and, per- and oh, the president. Oh, the churches can fight me. The president can fight <laughs> we me. We did talk about murdering the president. I could take him down in a single punch. And don't threaten violence. Against the president. All you gotta do is just punch him in the crotch and he'd go down. I don't think you're allowed to threaten violence against the president. Eh, prison's better than (laughs) doing my midterms at this point. Hear that, FBI? (laughs) Come fight me. I have no money and no... You can have all my debt. (laughs) Federal government. Honestly. Um, alright, going back. African-American hoodoo presents us with the jinx and cross conditions, as well as a form of foot track magic, which was used by Rama... Rama, Raman, Ramandi? Sure. Whereby cursed objects are laid in the past of victims and activated when walked over. Can we bring this back? I like that. Just imagine cursing a hair tie, throwing it in the path of someone you hate, and then they walk over the hair tie, and then it, like, explode. And then they're cursed. And then they're cursed. I, I want to bring it back. I think we should bring it back. Uh, Middle Eastern and Mediterranean culture is the source of the belief in the evil eye which may be the result of envy, but more rarely rarely it is said to be the result of a deliberate cause or curse. In order to be protected by the evil eye, a protect a, pr- a protection item is made from dark blue circular glass with a circle of white around the black dot in the middle, which is reminiscent of a human eye. German people, including the Pennsylvania Dutch, speak in terms of hexing. And a common hex in days past was laid by a stable witch, which caused milk cows to go dry and horses to go lame. A stable witch. A stable witch. That's me. That is you. I'm sorry. I think you have to be... I wouldn't curse my friend's cows, though. Only my enemies. That's the point. (laughs) That's that's the point, is you curse your enemies. Do you really think people curse their friends? I don't know. I'm just... My association with cows is immediately friend. Because I have lots of friends with cows. Well, are there people you don't like that have cows? Probably. Yes. Curse those people. Uh, the curse of... Oh, no. More names. Uh, <laughs> the curse of... Tippy Canoe? Tippy Canoe. Tippy Canoe. Also yeah. known as... Oh, what's the other name? Tecumseh? <laughs> Tecumseh, I think. Tecumseh's curse is the supposed pattern of regular death in the office of presidents of the United States elected or re-elected in years evenly divisible by 20. So, like, 
JFK. Have you not heard of this one? No. I have. I, I This reason that I throw it in here is because mm-hmm. I had heard of it. Um, this is believed to have been, or to have fallen dormant since Ronald Reagan, elected in 1980, survived an assassination attempt, and George W. Bush survived his eight-year presidency despite an assassination attempt. But he didn't, Ronald Reagan actually got shot, and yeah. George W. Bush, they, like, stopped it beforehand. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so there, all, all the presidents that were elected or re-elected in a year divisible by 20 were killed uh, via Rick, assassination. Rick 2020? <laughs> 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 uh, can it be? No, I don't even want to say can it be someone we don't like. <gasps> Wait, does it count if, oh, no, they have to be elected. Yeah. yeah damn it. What were you going to say? <laughs> if they just existed in 2020? <laughs> But then I was like, nope, never mind. All right. There are countless curses in sports as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one that is a little closer to home for me, at least. The Red Sox curse? <laughs> at least is the famous case of the curse of the, of the Bambino. And, I'm a New England bitch, too. <laughs> on the Red Sox. On the Boston Red Sox Major League Baseball team. After the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth, who has won three of the five Red Sox world titles at the time. Uh, to the New York Yankees, where he won his final four titles, it took the Red Sox 86 years yep. to win another World Series in 2004. And actually, as a I remember Sinus, when that I World remember oh, yeah. the World Series. Oh, I, yeah. Everyone lost their damn minds. Because they came back in yeah. so many of the games with zero yeah. to, like, actually oh, I winning. Uh, my family was glued to the TV. <laughs> I was so young, but I remember yep. when the Red Sox broke the curse. It was so fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Boston, like, almost burned down. I'm Everyone pretty sure. at my elementary school was, like, losing their damn minds. Like, it was wild. Because, were you still in... I was in Vermont. You were in Vermont. Okay, oh, yeah. I was going to say, if you were in New York, that would have been... Oh, I mean, everyone in upstate New York still a fucking Red Sox fan. Because they're the best. <laughs> Which could be an unpopular opinion with our listeners, but you know what? The Red Sox are fucking fantastic. We and also are currently me. in Massachusetts, if that explains anything. Yeah. I And I was born, raised, and homegrown in Massachusetts. <laughs> okay, so I'm canceling the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and moving away from curses on people. Cursed objects are generally supposed to have been stolen from their rightful owners or looted from a sanctuary. The Hope Diamond is supposed is supposed to bear such a curse and bring misfortune to its owner. The stories <laughs> the stories behind why these items are cursed vary, but they are usually said to bring bad luck or to manifest unusual phenomenon related to their presence. There's also a lot of cursed um places. Cursed image. Okay, that's like a pop culture <laughs> thing, and that's literally just people don't like the image. Yeah. They're like, it's cursed. cursed. <laughs> but that's not actually like a thing. What if they are all cursed? What if someone actually cursed those images? No. Um, <laughs> trying to shut me down. I see it. I am shutting you down right now. <laughs> I am putting a ban, a probation on your actions. What? Stop that shit. Um, I'm also thinking like cursed places. You know the whole, were you there when we were talking? <laughs> I don't know if you were there recently when we were talking about the house that Nicolas Cage bought in New Orleans. Yes! No, I, w- I don't know if I was there for the initial conversation, but I definitely over- I heard you guys talking about this. Yeah, because um, the house that Nicolas Cage bought was a very historical house. I've read something about it where I don't know the exact details, but basically the woman who owned the house murdered a shit ton of people in it, like all of her mm-hmm. slaves. Like, and it wasn't like 
you know, she just killed them and that was it. It was like she tortured them to death. Mm -hmm. So he bought the house in historical New Orleans and then had to build, he like went to someone to figure out how to break the curse because as soon as he bought the Mm -hmm. house, his movies started tanking. So I'm assuming this was post National Treasure. This was post National oh, Treasure because yeah. National Treasure was this is when Nick Cage did like fucking G Force that Disney movie about gerbils. Like, was this around that time? That's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The okay. Yeah. That I was time. gonna say. I remember going to see that. It was like the Disney Holiday movie that you went and saw. Like, it what? Was, it was like spies, but they were all gerbils, and Nick Cage was in it. I'm like ninety percent sure. Are you <laughs> fucking serious? I'm serious. Do you want to Google it? Yeah, I'm taking a sidetrack because... <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys, but I can't believe Jane missed out on G-Force. Okay, the closest movie theater... I mean, say I was... I'm sorry, it's only two ninety nine on Amazon Prime, and that's how you know it it's Nick Cage, right? Let me see. It has a 5.1 out of 10. It Hang has on. a 22% I'm Rotten I'm going to the wiki because I'm, I'm sure Nick Cage is in this one. Anyway, so while I just Oh, wait, this is... I need the movie. This is about the... Oh, the Gravitational. Hold on. It's over here. G-Force. Just scroll down. It what? has the cast on it. Yeah, Nick Cage! <laughs> Zach Galifianakis? Penelope Cruz? Like, what were they all doing in 2009? Bad things. So, yeah. This is probably about the time his movie started tanking. Because no yeah, one remembers G-Force. Wait! Holy crap! I did see this! <laughs> Can I see a picture of it for a second? I did see this in theaters with my cousins. I remember this. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I totally saw this, but, like, definitely blocked it from blocked my mind. because it, it was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Also, Nicolas Cage's voice should never be animated. <laughs> it should never be a fucking gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna haunt me tonight. Oh. Um, but, Sorry, yeah, boys. no. His um, movie started tanking, and so he was like, I have to be cursed because I bought a house where, like, lots of people died, and it's definitely cursed. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure before she died, because they were, like, trying to arrest her and then she died or something like that, mm-hmm. she, like, cursed the house. Yeah. Um, and apparently he had to, he, like, went to someone and they were like, you must build a pyramid and have it be struck by lightning <laughs> and crack open in this one specific, like, graveyard or something, and then you'll be not cursed. And he cursed. did it. And he did it. Is he not cursed now? He's not cursed. His movies have been getting- What movies has Nick Cage been in recently? Uh, I actually have no clue. Hold on, I've also him. never actually seen National Treasure. I just, like, know that Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. I have never seen a National Treasure movie. I know what we're doing tomorrow night. Uh, homework. <laughs> You're fucking wrong. <laughs> watching, watching National Treasure is my homework. Yup. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Um, let me see. What has he done that's, like, been popular... He did, like, Ghost Rider and, um, Knowing in 2007 and 2009, which were box office Mm -hmm. successes, and then he starred in The Croods, if you remember that. I do remember. Maybe they, maybe his voice can be animated, but only for Neanderthals. That checks out, because Nicolas Cage (laughs) is a Neanderthal. And then he did Joe, Mom, and Dad, or Joe, and then Mom and Dad, no, Joe, Mom, and Dad. I don't know, there's like a comma here and it's within a list and I'm very confused. Like, look at that. It's an additional comma, but it's also blue. Yeah, I'm confused. Yeah. Um, and then I guess Mandy, which it is either out or coming out in 2018. 
Okay, do we want to bring it back, or do we want to continue with our Nick Cage Wikipedia binge? Oh, yeah, so, I, when this <laughs> came out, it was a Sundance movie. So I think he's doing, like, more Sundance artsy. stuff, artsy stuff. He's He did G-Force, and then he was like, wow, what am I doing with my life? I'm not making art. And then he went and did a bunch of Sundance <laughs> Nicholas Cage doing <laughs> art. Um, we love a man. Glad we just spent the last ten minutes talking about <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Cage, and I'm not cutting it out because it was great. <laughs> So, yeah, that's all I have about cursed objects and cursed curses in general. Cursed image. I could talk about curses for, like, 75 years. I love curses. Wow, really? It's almost like you're a witch. <laughs> it's almost like you're named after a witch. Someone who died in Salem? Yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah, you want to explain? No. Jane's related to someone. Like, directly related, right? Directly related on my mom's side, which is full of a lot of witches and Wiccans. Mm-hmm. Um, which Dude. we still, like, part of my family thing. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of, like, weird Wiccan rituals, yeah. but, like, we don't identify as Wiccans. It's yeah. just, as, like, one of our traditions that we do. Well, isn't there someone with, like, the same name? Someone with my exact same name was born f- exactly, like, 400 years before I was born, and pretty sure she was killed in Salem. Yeah. So, that's jazzy. She had, like, 20-something kids, so, like, I see my future and I hate it. <laughs> Actually, that's... Having 20 kids and then dying in a witch trial? Like... Okay, checks out. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> the having 20 kids, I can't afford my own college. I can't afford Oof. 20 kids' colleges. Anyways, do we want to move to my funky fact? I always want to hear your funky fact. So, for my funky fact, I'm going to talk about something that's pretty dang funky. Are you going to talk about onions, or did I already... Onions, and in particular, the health benefits of onions. Why did we both talk about onions? Because I love onions. Oh my god, not onion-infused water, though. So, raw onions are not only yummy, they provide therapeutic and antibacterial properties that cleanse and detox our bodies to eliminate disease. Onions contain... Is this from some, like... This is from a medical journal. Oh, shit, really? I, thought, I was like, this reads like it's from some, like, white suburban mom's blog where she's trying to tell us that uh, okay. the health benefits of the onion. It's, it's definitely, like, <laughs> white suburban mom blog level, but it's, like, a medical suburban mom <laughs> blog. You valid. So, onions contain a high amount of sulfur compounds, which not only give onions their recognizable smell, but also but are also powerful detoxifying agents with more than 100 sulfur-containing compounds, which are what cause the eyes to tear up. Um, t- I'm going to say that again. Mm-hmm. Which causes the eyes to tear up because I don't think that was recognizable as two words. Um, onions can prevent and treat ailments from diabetes to heart disease with daily consumption. Onions have antihist... Oh, hold on. I, I need to remember this word. Antihist. There we go. Onions have antihistamine effects due to quercetin. No, quercetin. Yeah, quercetin, an antioxidant that acts like an antihistamine and an anti-inflammatory agent. In test tubes, quercetin. If that's not how you pronounce it, but here we go. It's a lot of sciencey things in this, and I'm dying. Um, in test tubes, quercetin has proven to prevent immune cells from releasing histamine, which are chemicals that cause allergic reaction. Based on this observation, researchers believe that antioxidants may may reduce histamine and other allergic or inflammatory chemicals in the body and can be a promising asthma treatment. However, no human studies have examined whether or not this is true. 
Hmm. Uh, onions can help reduce cancer risk when combined with turmeric. A 2006 study published in Clinical Gastro and are you trying to make really loud noises right next to the microphone? No. I don't stop. think I did. Stop playing with it. But it's not making noise. It's bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> also, when I listen back to edit this, I hear so many things that you fiddle with. And you're like, you can't hear it. I'm Sorry, like, if you can pick up your You're super fidgety. <laughs> I'll eat. Re I'll try not to eat Reese's Pieces again when we record. <laughs> Moving back to this, a 2006 study published in Clinical Gastroenterology and Hepatology found the combination of onions and turmeric creates a synergistic effect that reproduces both the sex and number of precancerous hosts in the intestines, therefore reducing colon cancer risk. Regularly consuming onions can help detoxify potential car carcinogens since they contain orgosulfur compounds found in the cell wall of the onion. So when you chew it, you release those organ orgo sulfur compounds and those detoxify potential carcinogens. A high intake of onions could mean the lower of, of the lower the lowering of levels of glucose. Sorry, I did not write proper English, English and had to fix it. The essential oil of an onion, allyl propyl desulfide. Oh. We don't, we don't science. Let's get some onion essential oil in this room. I thought that would be lovely. Yes. It's found to mediate this effect and lower blood sugar levels by increasing the amount of free insulin that is available. A 1975 study found onions essential oil led to a significant fall in blood glucose, glucose levels and a significant rise in the serum of insulin levels after being administered, administered to six normal volunteers after a 12-hour fast. Quercetin, going back to that compound or chemical, mm -hmm. is found to significantly reduce high blood pressure in hypertensive adults, so adults that could have a heart attack. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Um, onions are considered to exceed the heart protective properties of red wine, which they say like a glass of red yeah. wine Hasn't a couple they come times. out recently though and been like, all alcohol is bad for you. Yes, but there's something in red wine that they still keep saying is, like, good, but not mm -hmm. in such large proportions that they were recommending before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, onions are involved in maintaining good blood pressure, inhibiting hardening of the arteries, and keeping the arteries elastic, which will reduce your risk of heart attack. Mm -hmm. Raw onions may make our breath stink, but they actually improve our oral health as well. Simply chewing a raw onion can strengthen teeth and eliminate bacteria that can lead to tooth decay. Two to three minutes of chewing an onion, a raw onion, can kill most germs in the mouth. Basically, the saying should be, an onion a day keeps the doctors away. Keeps the dentists away. Well, and the doctors, because you're not going <laughs> to die of asthma, yeah, uh, cancer, um, diabetes. So, apparently, this is an onion advertisement now. Yeah, eat an onion. Eat your onions, unless you're allergic. Oh, yeah, please don't eat your there onions. There was a woman over the summer who told me she was allergic, so I had to tell the kitchen, and they were like, there's onion everywhere, <laughs> she's gonna die. <laughs> there's so much onion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. My funky fact was the health benefits of onions, so chew your, <laughs> chew your onions. <laughs> chew your onions, kids. Two to three minutes a day to keep the dentist away. <laughs> So basically, I think we just need to buy a bag of onions and just 
cut them up into small pieces and then just gnaw on them regularly uh, throughout the day. so bad. We need to improve our health, Mackenzie. We only eat fried potatoes and hey, ice listen, cream. I ate, what did I have for lunch? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese and, and some sweet potatoes. And sweet potato and sushi. sushi. That's not entirely <laughs> healthy. And some ice cream. And some ice cream, yeah. I eat sushi with... And um, some pasta. And some... <laughs> I had some tortellini. You did have some tortellini. I had some... Um, you had lots of sushi. I had lots of sushi, but um, the dishwasher in the dining hall is currently broken, mm. so there was no chopsticks. <laughs> so instead, I broke off the heads of two forks and used them as chopsticks. But then it turned into just using them like shovels. Because I'm innovative. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Jane. Also, speaking of, sorry, I know we were talking about, I had cucumber-infused water for lunch. Ew. It didn't taste like anything. Great. It's either uh, an entire cucumber getting shoved down your throat, or just nothing. Mm, on that note, I'm going to end while we're ahead. <laughs> Are we ahead? Are we ever ahead? No, we're very, very so, behind. So, the moral of this week's episode, I guess, is Nick Cage makes artsy movies. And eat an onion. Eat an onion. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening.